The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Ad Notebook Wagering Podcast. Uh, coming to you Sunday night, we're going to give you a little breakdown of the Pac-12 tonight. So tonight with me, we got Jay Cam and Smitty. Q's still out of the office, we're going to say. Uh, Pac-12 is one of Jay Cam's and Smitty's favorite bettings. So in honor of National Romance Day, we're going to show some teams some love. I love doing this podcast with these guys. We'll use a little romance. So, boys, uh, what do we got? Jay Kim, mess up with a little intro here. Oh, you you have to love the Pac-12. I mean, it's on late at night. Um, there's always crazy stuff that happens in whatever game is the national broadcast. You get a little, you know, Pac-10, Pac-12 after dark is the best. It's a shame this conference is probably going to end up in a thousand pieces given what's going on in college football. But I like the schools. They kind of play a little more open. They throw it around a little bit. But it is interesting looking through the numbers. Run defense is a huge factor in this league. But, yeah, no, I'm excited to get through it. I, like I said, obviously USC and UCLA go into the Big Ten, and then we'll see what happens to the rest. But a lot of fun schools. Uh, and, uh, like I said, a lot of fun gambling action late at night. Smitty from the betting deck. What's up down there? Skinamax late night. Is it on? What are you watching? You watching the Pac-12? You watching Cinemax late? Oh, I love it. We give out Cinemax late play of the night, usually out of this conference. So what I really dove in and saw, man, a lot of transfers. There is a lot of guys that transferred in. Transfers, transfers, transfers. So let's dive after it and let's dive into these teams and see who's going to be the best. Yeah, this conference should actually be named the, the Poacher 12 because, man, they they – they stole a lot of kids, uh, a lot of names you're going to hear. You're going to be like, wait a second, this kid is there now? So um, without further ado, let's start go bottom to the top as always. Let's start in the Pac-12 North. And I'm going to use some rankings here, not my own personally, because I have some way different stuff in the Pac-12 North. So at the bottom, and it's kind of a coin flip here for the bottom three, let's start with the Cal Bears. Um, I used the Rivers tonight for all of our over-under lines, and I did it within the past hour. So their over-under was five and a half. Cal coming in with Justin Wilcox. I believe it's his fifth year. He's 26 and 28 overall. Never seen him be able to get over the hump. I don't have much info on this team, uh, especially much info that I like. So I'm actually going to pawn it over to you two. I'm not high on this team. I, if I had to make a bet out of the gate, I would actually lean under five and a half. I think their schedule's too hard. And I just don't think they have enough talent to get back to where they used to be in the good old days of Aaron Rodgers. So, Jay Cam, spit some knowledge our way. Yeah, no, it's, there's not a lot to really get excited about here. I mean, some transfers, like you mentioned, you got Jake Plummer, who was the basically co-quarterback at Purdue last year, at least early. And then they picked up Jaden Ott. I think he's another transfer that came in. Um, the offense not going to be very good, hasn't been very good for them the last couple of years. But like you said, this is like a middling team. They're always good for five or six wins, but never anymore. And they're always good for, to beat someone they shouldn't. And they just kind of, 
I don't know how they actually do it, to be honest with you. But um, good, solid defense, particularly in the back seven. Uh, it's been that way for a while under Wilcox. He's a defensive-minded guy. Um, yeah, you look at the non-conference, UC Davis, which is a win, but I think UC Davis has actually been pretty feisty in FCS, so you never want to do that. You never want to play a good FCS school. Uh, UNLV, not quite back yet. And then you go to Notre Dame. Hopefully they catch them off a couple games here. Maybe they can be a little scary. Notre Dame can kind of sleepwalk against some of these teams that don't really stand out on their schedule and their history, but it's a whole new regime there. Um, yeah, I, that's, I, you know, I think what you say, the total is five, I think. Five and a half. Five and a half. I mean, that's, I mean, how can you argue that? That's what they are every year. So yeah, probably the least sexy team in the Pac-12, I'd say. What do you got, Smitty? I don't have much. I'm kind of like Matt here. I, it's one of the index cards that there's not a lot of info on. I just kind of, this team kind of uh, bores me a little bit. Plummer, like you said, comes in, you know, all right, quarterback. I mean, he started a couple games there at Purdue and was all right. I mean, they have eight guys returning, three on offense, five on defense here. Defense was pretty good last year. Gave up about 22 points a game. Front seven is their strength. Like you said, Jason, if you look at their schedule, to me, it's an easy start. You should get a couple wins there. I could, could they be three and one? But then if you keep going down the schedule, I just don't see many wins. I, I mean, could be wrong on this team. I don't think so. Beeson's Beeson, you know, looking over their stuff, they had them favorite in five games. Matt said it's five and a half. I think they get to about five wins. I, I, I think this, I'm not playing this team because it just doesn't, nothing jumps off the page at me here, but I would say they get about five wins. I'd probably play the under. Let's jump on. So I'm going to switch it up because I'm going to be a little biased. Uh, I'm going to do the next team. I'm going to put Stanford as the fifth best team. And personally, uh, some people have them higher. I do not. And it's crazy to realize that Stanford was three and nine last year. And under David Shaw, that just doesn't happen. He might be the best coach in the North division, but he's always been questionable on his like time management and just actually having the guts to go for some plays. He's got a, a pro stature quarterback uh, coming back, Tanner McKee, big kid. They actually have the best wide receiver and tight end group in the North. So the Rivers over under was only four and a half. I actually think Stanford's going to rebound. And by rebound, I think they actually get to five wins. That's not much of a rebound. And a kid to keep an eye on that has flown under the radar for the Cardinal. Emmett Smith's son's playing running back. EJ Smith is there. So, uh, they have, a, they have some good stuff there, offense, which isn't typically their style. Maybe they'll score a little bit. Maybe something to look for in these guys going forward is some team overs later in the year. So, uh, Jay Cam, what do you got on the Cardinal? Yeah, they've kind of, like, lost their identity. I mean, they, they can't stop the run anymore. They've given up over 220 yards the last two seasons on the ground. It was like, you know, one thing Stanford was was kind of the anti-Pac-12 team where big physical offensive line, you know, I don't even know if they're going to put a wide receiver out there. They're going to run the football, and then you want to run the ball against them. Now, you might out-athletic them into secondary because, obviously, a lot of these schools have really good uh, wide receiver cores, but that's all gone away now. I agree. The offense has a lot of talent on it. You look at the Phil Still ratings on the kids, how they recruited. The quarterback, McKee, definitely falls in that. E.J. Smith, the running back, like you mentioned, Emma Smith's son, also falls in that. So they're going to have to score points, but the schedule is brutal. We talked about it off the air a little bit. I mean, it opens with Colgate, and that's an easy win. And after that, it's like, whoo, a lot of tough road games on there. Um, 
I think they can improve because I think they have to on defense. It really just can't get any worse than they were last year. But it might be one of those deals where it's a much better team than the record indicates. And if the games are close, this might be a team to look at in 2023 as a like stock up kind of team. But um, they just got to really solve the defense and get back to playing Stanford football. So maybe what do you got? Yeah, Shaw, you know, his name was mentioned for a lot of NFL jobs. And it just, it hasn't been there the last couple of years here. I, you know, I have down, they were 11 and 19 over the last three years. So it's really gone south. I think Jason made a great point. I don't see the, I, the identity of the team anymore. When you thought of Stanford, they pounded the ball. They had the big offensive line too. Pretty tough on defense. Nothing flashy, but they were tough. Well, the offensive line, they're bringing everyone back. I think they have five starters coming back. But the problem was they gave up a lot of sacks last year. Bringing guys back, are they good? I don't know if they're that great. Um, EJ Smith, like that. Emmett Smith's kid, let's see what he can do. Quarterback, that's the plus on there. You know, over 2,000 yards last year, 15 touchdowns, seven picks. But Jason said they couldn't stop the run, gave up way too many points. Secondary looks like they should be okay. Have them favored in two games. Over is five and a half. I mean, only favorite two games. That's a little scary. Do I think they win a couple more games? I do. I have them going anywhere from their four and eight, five and seven. So again, over five and a half, I would probably take the under with Stanford. You mentioned lost identity, 87 yards a game on the ground last year. They were held under 82 yards uh, in six of the 12 games. That's insane to think when you think of Stanford football. All right, boys, uh, I'm going to go to the number four team for me. And this, to me, is the most intriguing team in the North. And that is Old Crimson, who shows up every day on ESPN game day, the old flag flying in the background, the Washington State Cougars. Uh, Rivers has their team total at over under five and a half. I'm actually going to put this on my best bets. And they're so intriguing to me. They brought in a kid from – I don't want to steal these guys' thunder, but I'm going to. Cam Ward from uh, – incarnate word quarterback not only that they brought in his offensive coordinator to run the offense so these dudes are going to throw the ball throw the ball throw the ball they have a transfer running back coming in from wisconsin named Nakai watson i uh sorry if i actually pronounced that wrong so the offense is just going to be get up and go run and shoot great television to watch for these kids I've seen experts have these guys anywhere from three and nine to nine and three. That's a huge gap for people to break these teams down in that much of a difference. I don't see why you can't just shoot the middle and these guys get the six wins. So I'm going to lean these guys going over their win total and let's go as a best bet for me, six wins for the Washington state Cougars. J Kim hit us. No, I think the more I look at them, I agree. They're intriguing. Um, the sixth, Seems about right. I can see them going over to offense should be better. They definitely upgraded running back and quarterback, which weren't, you know, there. I mean, they've had good quarterbacks come through that program. They have starters all over uh, division one out of guys who didn't get to play there, which is kind of crazy because you don't think of Pullman as the cradle of quarterbacks or anything. Um, depends on the offensive line. You have 31 sacks last year. Uh, really couldn't do much against a Mac team in a bowl game. Uh, granted, they were a little shorthanded with COVID, but it was a game that just looked awful. Um, but you know, all the distractions from last year with Rolovich and the COVID testing and vaccinations, that's all gone. This is a guy who was with the program. These kids know him. Um, he kind of got them back to playing the way they were. They, they ditched a little bit of the run and shoot. They're bringing in the incarnate word offense, which might be a little more diverse, which that might help them out and be a little less predictable. I think everyone's seen the concepts from the run and shoot at this point. The D-line looks like it's going to be decent. 
Um, but everything else is kind of a little sketchy. You're going to see some fun over games, I think, with the Cougs. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a fun team to watch. On this side, we already talked about the, the first two teams we went through not really being able to score points. This one will probably be able to score points. What do you think, Smitty? Yeah, I love everything about this team. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to get there with the win total, but I think they're going to be fun TV. Matt said, you know, I started looking at some um, some videos and everything of this this quarterback came out of the Southland Conference. You know, big kid, 6'3", 223, really can sling it around. Had about 5,000 yards last year, 47 touchdowns, 10 picks. Maddie said they brought their the head coach in from that school and to be in the offensive coordinator. They brought in a kid from Wisconsin, be the running back. They're going to pass, and it's going to be fun to watch. A lot of points, probably maybe give up a lot of points, but oh, well, that's fun TV. Defense should be okay, though. The line, four guys are coming back. I think they're going to be okay. Four out of five are at home right away. You know, second week of the year, they go out to uh, – they travel to Wisconsin. The game I have key on there is – I, uh, November 19th at Arizona. I mean, that's a must win. Arizona should not be that good, but they have a, they have a tough stretch. They're at USC, uh, October 8th. Then they go out, uh, Oregon state. Then they got Utah coming in there. I think it's going to be a fun team. They're favored in four, but I hate to say it, man. I keep saying unders on these teams. I think again, this is going to be an under team, but a fun team. Can this kid, I mean, going from that conference to a little step up here, we'll see if he can handle it, but I think it's going to be fun. They're going to score a lot of points. They can play any run defense at all because they got run over in some games last year, and Oregon State is definitely a game where they can get run over. Um, they, they can be decent. If they just play the run a little bit better, I think that they can definitely get to the six. I'll, I'll hit that point real quick, Jacob. Good point. Um they actually have two top-rated defensive ends in Deron Stone and Brennan Jackson. So their D-line is going to be pretty good. They might be able to get after the quarterback, too. And if they can just be an average defense with a high-shooting high offense, man, uh, I, I'm going to stick with my bet. I still think they go over the total. I, I hope you're right. I, I'm pulling for this team to be an over just because looking at some video of this kid and – Pass happy offense. I I hope it's a lot of fun and uh, you know the key game too. You get close, you get that game right around Thanksgiving. I think a day after against Washington, it's at Washington State this year. That could be the big game if you can get that win total over. So no, I'm I'm I hope you win and I hope they're fun because this might be a one of our favorite teams of the year to keep an eye on. Yeah, late night flyer right there and good segue, Smitty. Let's go to the third team. On my board, uh, I have the Washington Huskies, which might shock some people. Rivers over under is seven and a half. I mean, a team that went four and eight last year, that's a four-game improvement. That is huge. Now, this is another team who poached some people, so they got Michael Penix coming in at quarterback. Uh, DeBoer was his old coach for a while there in Indiana. They had a really good defense last year. They were actually 31st, I believe, in the country, technically. 37th, I'm sorry. And but they lost their two corners, so I don't think they're going to be as good, especially if you have teams in the Pac 12 who are going to light it up in the air. So I'm a little down on the Huskies. I have them at six wins this year. And the caveat to that, though, is their schedule is actually one of the easier ones. They somehow seem to avoid USC and Utah this year, which really makes it easier for them. I mean, they're going to get out of the gate. 2 0 for sure against Kent State, Portland State. Well, I shouldn't say should, but or will. 
then they get Michigan State. That's a huge game week three. Uh, see if the Big Ten boys can come in and pound them. But I'll let you guys dig in a little more. I'm down on the Huskies though this year, so I'll hear what Jay Camp has to say. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. You looked at his defensive stats like you did, and what it was is no one wanted to throw in the two corners last year because both guys were – one was a number one draft pick, one was a number second-round draft pick. So, I mean, there's not too many teams – now, that kind of elite corner that don't play with a Southern accent uh, state. Um, but you could run at will on them. So this year you look at that defense and there's no strength to that unit. They went transfer shopping for all of the linebackers. The secondary are the guys that were there and not the same recruiting pedigrees. The two kids that played the season before and up front, they don't look all that great. I think the defensive tackle uh, is an all Pac-12 performer, but everything else is kind of a question mark. So I think this defense is going to take a huge step back, uh, even on this side of the Pac-12 where the offenses aren't all that great. Um, the offense could be pretty good. Uh, DeBoer's, that's his strength, right? He's got a relationship with Penix. That was his best year in Indiana in 2019. Um, actually, 2020 was his best year. But 2019 is where that system kind of got implemented, where he started to show and pulled away from um, the other kid. I can't remember who was the backup when they were headed neck and neck in Indiana. Um, it's, you know, this school recruits pretty well. They have talent there. The whole Jimmy Lake thing was just a disaster. This is another school that, you know, lost their head coach midseason and kind of just called it a season. You know, replaced John Donovan on offense. Trust me, as a Penn State fan, there's no one going to support John Donovan from his early days in the Franklin administration. Uh, a good head coach, uh, seems to be familiar with talent, has a decent offense to build with. I think they're going to score points. I think they're going to be in shootouts. I think a game, the Apple Cup could be a total of 80 at the end of the year. What do you think, Smitty? <laughs> yeah, they bring 13 guys back, you know, eight on offense, five. I have first note, you just said it. You stole it a little bit. Jimmy Lake, man, fired. It was not good. Uh, there were some problems there. Fresno State coach came in here, Penix. You know, he was good. The problem with him at Indiana was just the line. And we talked about on our Big Ten show still coming in. The offensive line has just really gone down for Indiana. And he was running for his life. Now, you got this team. They have four guys coming back on the offensive line. So, offensively, I think they could be okay. I kind of agree with you here. Defense, pretty good last year, 22 points. But I kind of, you know, the front seven should be okay. They have okay linebackers. But I could see Jason, I thought, made some really good points there uh, with their defense maybe stepping back a little bit. You know, they have four games to start, um, home games to start. Looking at it right now, Matt uh, talked about it, the Michigan State game. Michigan State goes out there. That's a big one. That's one I have down on the index card here. I also have the October 8th uh, game at Arizona State that I think is going to be a big one for the win total also there. What are you going to get out of Arizona State? They have some question marks and things and we'll dive into them here in a couple minutes they're favored in eight right now win total maddie seven and a half still at rivers you said yes sir okay seven and a half i think this is i man this is gonna be close uh, this is gonna be close uh, again this is i'm not officially playing this team at all i had them right around the seven and five mark so it'd be another under i i, I know i keep saying that but i could I would I be shocked if they could maybe get to eight? I they could, but I'm not touching this team. But I have them seven and five. I agree, Smitty. I think that's four win total is just too much for for this team. I don't know if they have enough to to get after it talent wise, other than Penix. So, all right, let's go to my number two team, who I'm a super fan of this year. I hope we get some feedback from some Oregon State Beaver fans. They're going to be my surprise team out of the 
Pac-12 North. Jonathan Smith is the head coach. The over-under is six. This is another one of my best bets. I'm going over this total. They actually have 15 returning starters, a terrific O-line coming back, and this team loves to run the ball. They have a transfer coming in, Deshaun Fenwick from South Carolina. Our friend Steve Tannehill's got to be a little pissed about that. They also have some good backups behind them. The question with these guys to me is Chance Nolan, the QB, they're not, from what I read and see and dig into, they're not said that he's going to win the job, but they actually have two really good capable backups behind them. But I hope they get that locked in before the season starts and they're not playing quarterback roulette because I think this team can pull out at least seven and five, maybe sneak to an eight and four and win the North, which would be huge. So here's a bet to look for. I think they are plus 4,000 to actually win the Pac-12. They can win the North. Who knows? Maybe do a little upset in a uh, conference title game. Why not? I'm going to ride the Beavers this year. I really like them. JK, what do you got, buddy? I'm not quite as high on them. I think as some other people are. Um, you know, last year, I think when we talked about this team in the preseason, we were worried wondering who the quarterback was going to be, and Nolan kind of stepped up out of that group. It's a pretty similar group here. It, definitely a chance for regression here. But they have a game plan on offense. Like, they're going to run the football. They always seem to find a running back, and he always seems to put up a great season. And it definitely seems like Fenwick will fit the mold there. Big running back, kind of like Steven Jackson was when he was there. Um, so they're going to pound, and that's going to set up everything else they have. They always seem to find fast wide receivers, too, um, who can make plays off the play action because they showed, like, discipline on the running game. Um, the defense returns nine guys, which you always like to see. Um, it was a pretty good unit last year, only 387 a game. 25 points a game that'll get you to a, to a bowl game but um you know you just look at the standout i think there's just better units uh across the pac 12 and i'm just curious to see if maybe the defense takes a little bit of step back or regression um they're all good units but they don't really have a standout um the special teams is probably their best unit out of the three and that'll win you some games especially when you have kind of some like coin flips here on this side of the pac 12 yeah i like them i don't know if i like them as much as everybody else does i don't think they're going to compete um, for anything, I think this is kind of Oregon's division to win. Um, but, you know, who's, who knows? They kind of start off the gate pretty tough here with Boise and Fresno. So I think that uh, we'll know about them pretty early. I'm right with you. I mean, there's a lot of people in this business that are very high on them. And one or two, when they said that, uh, I was kind of like, I got to dive into this team because I really respect these people that gave Oregon State out here. Quarterback's really good. Running back, main guy's gone. Two guys should be right there competing for the job. Their offensive line looks good again. Four starters coming back. They like to pound the ball. I didn't write down a ton because I I think this is what it comes down to with this team. They they played Boise week one. Now they get Boise at home. But that's a tough game. Then I then you go uh at just want to make sure it's at Fresno State. It is, it is. Yes, it is. It is at Fresno State. I'll tell you, right there, that's it. I think week one, week two, are you going to get this win total? You, they get out of the gate and they're 2-0, and I think you're okay. I think this team then is in good shape and they're going to they're gonna go over that win total. And I think you're going to win some money here. That's that's the question mark with there. I'm not as high as Maddie is. I think they are good. But again, when you have a couple people in the business that said they really like this team, they're, they know their stuff. So this is a team I think, you should keep an eye on if you like them. I take the over. I have them. 
I have them right around the six wins, maybe seven. Seven would get the over, six would be the under. Again, I, I'm just not sold. I'm not touching this team. I hope they play well because Maddie likes them and some other people. But I think it's a six and six, seven and five kind of team. All right, let's go to the cream of the crop. Supposedly, I'm going to use air quotes on the number one team, the Oregon Ducks. I actually think they just hold the top spot in the North because of reputation and talent alone. However, Dan Lanning is their head coach. No head coaching experience for Mr. Lanning, but he did follow or get someone to follow him that we can never quit on the show. And that's Bo Nix coming in as QB. So it's Bo Nix and Adrian Martinez. We just can't stop loving on this show. Um, they lost a lot though. No more diet running back. No more Anthony Brown. Uh, they lost Thibodeau in the draft. Their schedule is actually pretty hard out of the gate. They draw Georgia neutral game, even though it's in Atlanta, which is crazy. Uh, Eastern Washington, no slouch BYU. And then Washington state. And I've seen some people predict they're going to be two and two, and then they're going to get on a roll. I, however, don't see it. They're over under rivers is eight and a half. I'm actually going to lean the under. I have this team at eight and four. I just think with the first year head coach, there's going to be some bumps in the road. So it, what they did last year going 10 and four was huge and they, they lost their big name talent. So I don't see it. I'm going to go lean the under, give me eight and four on the ducks this year. Yeah. I mean, the front, the first four, like you mentioned, are pretty tough. And then they get a little bit of a relaxation over Stanford and Arizona right after that. So, I mean, it could be four and two with a brand new head coach looking fine. It'll be interesting to see how Lanning treats that first game against Georgia, whether, you know, he tries to go all out in that game or he just knows he's overmatched because he's basically very familiar with the Georgia roster at this point. And, but the Ducks are talented. I mean, this team went to Ohio State last year and won. You know, I mean, let's give them some credit there. And they won with a quarterback that I don't think a lot of teams could have won with, with Brown or Anthony Brown. Bo Nick's season is, in fact, here. Uh, he, he can, we can win you some games. He can lose you some games. It's going to be interesting to see how they manage that. Um, obviously, Lang's pretty familiar with them after going against them three times at Auburn. So he probably knows his strengths and his weaknesses. Hopefully, they can focus on the strengths. You know, he went through a lot of quarterback and coaching transitions when he was at Auburn. So, you get what you get there. Uh, the defense might be freed up because Thibodeau is not there anymore. Obviously, he was a pretty much a five-star blue chip player the whole time he was there. Maybe they counted on him a little too much. Maybe they'll free up the scheme. Front six looks really good. Um, they're just really big up front, and the two linebackers are excellent. So they're going to be take care of some of those running games, and that's a key in this conference. I still can't figure it out, but if you the team that wins the rushing battle almost wins all the time in the Pac-12, which is completely opposite what you believe on a West coast offense. So no, I like Oregon here. I think they could beat BYU, even though BYU is pretty much battle style and they're ready to go in that game. They get them at home over there. They get all the tough games at home. They get Washington at home, they get Utah at home, they get UCLA at home um, on the road at Cal, Colorado, Oregon state, Arizona. Those are winnable road games. So it's really tough to go under on them just because of that schedule. But I see what your points, Matt, but I just, I think it's a too talented and that's, like you said, it's the reason you pick them in this league is that their recruiting numbers is far better than anybody else's. I like Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix kind of gets it, gets drilled pretty hard over his time at Auburn there. I, 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 you know, he didn't have a brutal year last year. I thought he was okay. I mean, anything has to be a better upgrade than Anthony Brown, uh, quarterback. I think Bo Nix is going to do okay here. I think this is a team that 
especially you're not in the SEC anymore. These defenses might not be the best. I think I think he's going to have a, a pretty good year at Oregon. Um, the offensive line's coming back pretty good there. I think they'll give him time. Again, Bo Nick's a pretty athletic quarterback. Running back's back. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that went into Ohio State last year and really handled their business pretty easily in that game. They're favored in 10 from the VEASAN uh, college football info there. That's that's pretty nice. 10, I mean, favored in 10. Key game. I mean, the Georgia game, I'm throwing it out. I think they're going to get overmatched in that one. I don't think that's going to be pretty. But like you guys said, I think it's week three of BYU. That's the big one. But like you said, it's at home. I love how they, like you said, you broke it down, Jason, how they have a lot of those key games at home. That's a tough place to go into and play. Um, Utah, you know, again, uh, well, we'll get to Utah. I really, that's another one I have down on that. Defense should be okay. A lot of coordinators been in and out over the last couple of years. Front seven should be okay. I like the over on this. I think they go nine and three, 10 and two. I'd, I'd play this. My first, you really want to sound the horn here. I'm taking an over finally in the Pac-12, and I would. I really like this one. I think Oregon goes over. Good, Jason. You got to figure out Utah. I think that's the biggest question with the whole schedule because Utah ate their lunch twice last year when there was a lot of things at stake. So we'll see how they deal with that. That's their second, that's their last home game of the year on the 19th. That could mean a lot when it comes to the Pac-12. All right, boys, I'm going to throw a curveball here since before we switch over to the other division. Give me your overall winner then of the North. Oregon. Yeah, I can't see anybody but Oregon just because all the other programs are either not as talented or in kind of rebuilding everything right now. I, I can't argue with you. I have them at the top of my list too, so it's a clean sweep for Oregon. But I still like that flyer bet on Oregon State potentially to get out of there. And I like it too. I think that's a I think that's a smart bet, Matt. I, I I do. I think, you know, there's a lot of talented people in this business breaking down teams, and especially a couple of these people that have jumped on Oregon State. You know, they know their stuff, so they're expecting a pretty good year. If everything that happens, I think that's a good play too. I think Oregon State is a good call. All right, let's uh, let's head down to the south. Totally different down here. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of good teams and a lot of big name teams down here. But let's start at the bottom. And I hate to do it because I actually have a soft spot for this team. It's the Colorado Buffaloes coming in in spot six. Even though in 94, Cordell Stewart and Westbrook broke my heart. <laughs> I'm still going to give these guys a little. Carl Durrell has actually done a pretty good job here. They went four and eight last year. They have one of the hardest schedules in the country. Uh, it's just going to beat them down. Uh, they just don't have enough talent. The Rivers over under is only three, which is really low for a big conference team. And actually, I have the under. I think they go two and ten. Their out-of-conference schedule is so hard. TCU, Air Force, Minnesota out of the gate. Then they draw UCLA, have to go to Arizona. That game at Arizona, if they lose that, there's no way they actually get to three. Uh, so, they're, I mean, if they're one and four, you still have a shot. If they're 0 and 5, you're done. You can burn your ticket probably. I, I don't have much on their team. I mean, I like I said, I feel bad for Durrell because I like these guys, but they're just they're they're rebuilding. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it nicely. Yeah. So the one thing I have to note on Colorado is I hate when they wear the black helmets with the black logo because you can't see it and it drives me nuts. That's that's where Colorado is at this year. You look at all their units, 
The running back room should be okay. Everything else is pretty bad. It's probably like 10th or 11th best in conference. Like you said, the non-conference schedule, TCU, then at Air Force, at Minnesota. Minnesota held them to 63 yards of total offense last year. Oof. <laughs> so it's going to be rough sledding in, in uh, Boulder. Um, it's a great town, though, so they'll have a good time while they're doing it there. You know, a lot of um, things in the air. But, yeah, no, it's kind of interesting how this program has fallen off. It's always been a fun program historically, especially if you're our age, where they kind of came up at that time. They're competing for national titles, competing for Big 12 titles, and now they're kind of lost in the Pac-12 a little bit. They might benefit from these shakeups because they can kind of revitalize the program. But there's no strengths here. The special teams unit is the best team, on, best unit on the whole team. I don't think Darrell's a bad coach. He was solid at UCLA. And I think you can recruit to Colorado, but it's going to take some time. They've got to upgrade at least all the – basically everything at this point they got to find one thing to build off of and go from there but being on this side of the pac-12 yeah they're in a bad bad spot their last seven games are just absolutely brutal yeah the offense has just been really bad over the last couple years quarterback you know brandon lewis 10 touchdowns three picks wasn't was he was all right last year. You know, they lose their best running back. Two guys should be competing for that job. They just didn't score enough points. And I just don't see it happening again. I just don't see where the points are going to be coming. Wide receivers to me are a question mark. Offensive line, not a lot back. They gave up some sacks last year. Defense, you know, a couple guys are coming back. They could be all right. They're favorite in zero games. They're not favorite in any games. Zero. <laughs> zero. I mean, you guys said it. I mean, you look at this, TCU, Air Force. I mean, and people, we've talked off air about Air Force. All, th- all three of us like Air Force this year. Air Force, I think, steamrolls that team. Then they go to Minnesota. Then UCLA comes in. Matt said it. That's the, that's the game, Matt. I have down on mine index card. October 1st at Arizona. There's your shot. I don't think they get it. Great segue, Smitty. So the five team coming in is Arizona. And just when we thought Colorado had a bad, man, Arizona last year, one and 11. Their Rivers total is actually lower at two and a half over under wins. However, I think they are a tad better than Colorado this year. And here's why. Uh, Jed Fish is there second year. Quietly, he's done some good things there. They have 15 returning starters. And for the first time ever, they had a top 25 recruiting class coming in. Now, people may say, oh, top 25. That's good for Arizona. I mean, they haven't had any buzz since Desert Desert Swarm back in the 90s. And another aspect to throw on this team, uh, they lost four games last year by less than one score, so eight or less. You're telling me they can't sneak out maybe one of those, uh, maybe get a rivalry game in there, and – possibly get a win against North Dakota state. So, I mean, they play Cal on the road. They have Colorado at home. I think they beat Colorado at home, North Dakota state. They need one more win in there. Uh, Maybe somebody gets hurt in another game and they can sneak one out. I actually think they, if I had to lay some money on this team, I would go over the two and a half. I know that their schedule is just brutal too. them in Colorado and Stanford have the three hardest pac 12 schedules. They have a really good wide receiver to keep an eye on too. If anybody does fantasy, Jacob Cowing, probably their best player on the team. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the bottom three years here, but we want to give them a little bit of love. JK, what do you got on Arizona? 
No, I agree. I, it's, you know, it's not there yet, but unlike Colorado, I kind of see things going in the right direction. Um, you know, they did a good job last year. Fish came in, people kind of questioned the hire, but when you watch the team play, they played really hard. They had problems at quarterback all year. You know, they really just didn't really have everything they needed to have to even be competitive. And they still were in games. You look at the yardage totals, you know, not horrible per game. They lost the game, but they're only minus 85 yards, minus 40 yards, minus 20 yards. That's what you want to see in a team that's kind of moving up. Um, number five receiver overall coming in as a freshman. That's nice. I don't know how you can't recruit the Tucson, Arizona. I mean, there's a lot of amenities in the uh, desert there that would be more than entertaining for a football player to go see. Um, so yeah, programs up. Non-conference schedule is tough again. You go out of San Diego State, you get Mississippi State at home, and then you get North Dakota State. Like, who the heck schedules North Dakota State as an AD? Like, what, are you trying to embarrass your coach? Like, there's no winning there. Even if you win the game, you're probably going to get beat up a little bit, and there's a good chance you lose the game, and then it becomes a huge story that your program is terrible because you lost to the FCS champs. So just bad scheduling there. So, yeah, I think it's stock up. I will make a prediction here right now. I will take Arizona Moneyline last game of the year against the Sun Devils. The Governor's Cup will be in Tucson this year. Love also it. because I think Arizona State, half their program might get wiped out by that point. But, then see <laughs> but anyway, take the Wildcats, bear down, Governor's Cup, book it. Yeah, I mean, again – Going third, I say it every week, it's sometimes easy going third here because 15 guys are coming back, seven on offense, eight on defense, and you guys said it. You know, the one thing is the quarterback. They bring the kid in from Washington State. Uh, should be an upgrade there. They got two running backs coming back. Offensive line's okay. Matt said the wide receiver um, from Utah – or, U, excuse me, UTEP comes in, had 69 catches uh, last year for them. The five-star kid, I think it's McMillan, I think uh, the wide receiver's coming in. So the recruiting class is there. I think they are going in the right direction here. But the schedule's tough. Defense should be a little better. They're favored in one. And like I said, you think, okay, we're going to schedule the team, but let's schedule North Dakota. I mean, are you kidding me? Like Jason just said, the team just wins national championships every year. Now you bring them in. So really, again, I agree with Jason. It's not a win situation here. I bet that team beats Arizona. But I think they're okay. I, I do the under again. I'm sorry. I don't see it. I think they're going to be more competitive. I don't know if it's going to get a lot of victories. So I'm taking another under. And, and listeners, we don't practice this. This is kind of just shooting off the cuff. Man, the commits can give me a freaking – Perfect softball layup for a transition over to the Arizona State Sun Devils and the Governor's Cup. So we have them as the four seed on our list. Uh, Rivers over under six. The Fighting Herm Edwards are back eight and five last year, his fifth year there. Now we know there's just so much stuff swirling around this program. We don't know what is going to happen down here. Turmoil is probably going to shoot them in the foot some weeks. Uh, I mean, they're going to get a lot of press, a lot of pressure. Herm did bring in Emory Jones, quarterback from Florida. They also brought in a kid, Paul Tyson, from Alabama, uh, quarterback. So they might have a little competition there. Uh, one of the key stats on this team, though, they only have seven returning starters. But there's a team that poached smaller school guys and lesser-known kids. They brought in a ton of transfers, and they actually beefed up their O-line. However, I don't think that their talent levels, maybe the uh, – quarterback play i i'm gonna lean under on this team five and seven and that's just strictly on 
what Jason said. What is going to happen to this program? Uh, it's so many question marks. I'm going to let him dig into it because I know he loves the Sun Devils. I do like the Sun Devils. That's one of my favorite teams to watch late at night. I, you know, I mean, if you've ever been there, it's it's a beautiful campus, and I didn't see any of the buildings. Um, the Emory Jones coming in <laughs> is it is a mixed bag. I if Florida he had some good days, he had some bad days. That's fine. You mentioned Paul Tyson. You know who Paul Tyson is, right? That's Bear Bryant's grandson. That's Bear crazy. Grandson, he's a, yeah. he's in the desert. He's not. See, he's a smart kid. Um, I expected when I looked at the Arizona State to see nothing but like pestilence and death because that's all you hear is all the kids that were leaving the program. Jaden Daniels is an LSU. Um, they had some guys that left in the draft, and it's like, okay, Herm's got nothing left. All of his coaches are gone because the NCAA said you have to go, including Penn State or Adam Brenneman. Um, like so, I but it's a little bit better than I thought was left over. Now the line offensive line is bad, but the skill talents look decent. They look pretty good actually. I think that the quarterbacks he'll find one out of that group. He's done a pretty good job of developing quarterbacks there because Jaden Daniels was pretty rough and turned into a pretty good player. The defense was really good last year. 326 yards a game, pretty stout against the run. The games they gave up the run were the games they lost that they shouldn't have. Um, and also had a little problem with turnovers, two losses that they shouldn't have had. Again, I think Washington, Washington State, four turnovers apiece in those games. I don't know, it's Washington State, and I'm wrong on the second one. But anyway, they, they lost some games they shouldn't have last year, and I think it's because of all the stuff that was going on off the field. I don't know if that'll be better this year, but it's just still a, a more solid team than you think. So don't just hate on them right away. Real tough stretch to start off the year. I mean, the non-conference is okay. Northern Arizona and Eastern Michigan should be wins. Uh, at Oki State could be tough, I think, but don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they covered there. But then Utah at USC, Washington, they're going to know where they're at, and that's right at the midpoint of the season where a lot of stuff could hit, and they could just go south from there. But not not as bad as the team as I thought they'd be, and they've actually played really well under Herm whenever he's had the coaches that he actually wanted to have there when they weren't thrown out by the NCAA. Smitty, what do you got? Yeah, this, this is a team – this is a head-scratcher to me because – where is the program going to go? This could blow up fast. It could get nasty. Or are they going to come together as a unit here and win some games and really shock some people here? I, I'm not a big Jones from Florida quarterback. I don't think he was very good. I know if Q was on here, Q would probably be going crazy about him uh, and saying how he's not any good. So we'll see what happens. This is, this is a team that brought in a lot of transfers. you got the running back from Wyoming that came in. Pretty good running back. Had over 1,000 yards last year. They brought a kid in from Vandy that can stretch the field a little bit at wide receiver. Defense was good. Defensive coordinator is gone. They have him favored in eight games. Six and a half is the win total. I'll tell you, this: the game, I you know, I think they lose at Okie State. I think they're two and one. But then September 24th, Utah comes in. Then you go to USC. The game that I think could be the key is November 12th. They go to Washington State. Now, the problem is Washington State by November 12th might be not the greatest conditions. Arizona State likes the warm weather a little bit. I don't know. I think, I think they're close. I'd probably... Things don't blow up. I'll go seven and five and give me the over. Go Cougs in that game. <laughs> go Cougs. Also, one more note. Put the Sun Devil back on a helmet. Get rid of the fork. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's a 
It's a trident, sir. I think it's a fork. But... I don't know what it is. All right. Here's my, here's my team that I'm kind of drooling over. My number three team on the board in the South is the UCLA Bruins. I am not a Chip Kelly fan, but Chip Kelly is a great offensive mind, and that's what he's got this year down there in Los Angeles. I wish they would pack that Rose Bowl Stadium every week instead of have these fair weather sucky fans out there. So they have DTR back at quarterback. I hear DTR and I would think of like Rob Van Dam from the old wrestling. I want to do some hot spot. <laughs> He's he had 2,400 yards last year, 24 touchdowns, ran for another nine and rushed for 600 yards. I think he's actually going to get better this year. They averaged 36.5 points a game as a team. They have Zach Charbonnet at running back, the old Michigan kid, two transfer or one transfer coming in at wide receiver from Duke, uh, Jake Bobo, another kid named Cam Brown. This offense should light it up. They might score more than 36.5 this year. So a thing to look for is betting their overs. Uh, speaking of overs, over under on this team is eight and a half. As much as I like these guys, I don't think they get to nine wins. I have them at eight and four, but I am going to probably put a pizza money bet on these guys to actually win the Pac-12. They're plus 1,100 odds, which to me may, might garner just a little bit of action on, see if you can – get a good rooting interest and hopefully they beat USC like they typically do anymore. So the key schedule for me is they should be five and zero. They start out with Bowling Green, Alabama state, South Alabama, Colorado, Washington at home, which is key. And then they play Utah. So you're looking probably at four and one at the worst five and zero going to Utah. And then man, from there, whew, if they beat Utah and they're six and zero, that's actually probably a top 10 program then. And they should be able to get two, two or three wins coming down the stretch. So I like UCLA. I don't like them to get over eight wins, though, uh, as much as I do like these guys. J.K., what do you got on the Bruins? So along the attendance lines, 49% capacity in the Rose Bowl. It's a big building, but it looks terrible. Awesome. Out away, play at SoFi, do something, make it easier for your fans when you get there because they need the home environment. Um, this is interesting. So one thing I did this year when I was going through this, I took Spillstool's preview and I – ranked each of the units that he had for in the conference and nationally because i wanted to kind of see how these matched up ucla has the most ranked units of any team in this conference even utah when you go down the list every single one of their units is in the top 60 or so within the country that's that's pretty impressive and that's actually a great sleeper like maddie just pointed out at plus 11 their season comes down to one guy and it's the initials it's dtr because you look at the stats and you say that's a good quarterback. And then you watch him play and you say, what the hell is that? <laughs> it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a juggling act. I mean, there's a lot of Bo Nix. There's a lot of Sean Clifford here. You name your favorite quarterback that drives you nuts in the gambling world. DTR is right in that group and he might be the captain of that group. Um, that's really what it's going to come down to. Now they only bring back two guys on defense. That's going to be interesting how that all transfers out, but they've been getting better on defense up until this year, but that's a lot to replace. They're still pretty decent, big up front. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of adjust. I really thought last year was the year they were going to surprise people. They had the nice schedule set up with the game at LSU at home, getting that STC team away from the South out in the West. And they played really well in that game. Then they laid an egg the next week against Fresno because they turned the ball over. Um, like I said, every one of these units is ranked. This is a good, solid team. Chip Kelly's actually building something in Westwood. Um, and they just got to get the quarterback position. If DTR takes a step forward, that plus 1,100 is going to look great. If he plays like he is, it's going to be really frustrating. Smitty, what do you think? 
Yeah, what quarterback's been at their school longer? Martinez, that's at Kansas State now. You know, they're in college football, I guess. No, I guess not at the same school because he's transferred. But, I mean, it seems like DTR's been there for about 10 years, too. Kind of joke with Perry Ellis in college basketball. But, I mean, it seems like he's been there. You know, Chip Kelly started very slow the first couple years there. And it was like, what, what happened? He had this great offense at Oregon. I think a lot of it's caught up now and a lot of people have great offenses in college football, but he overall last year had a pretty good year, eight and four. I mean, I agree. It I, I goes to the quarterback play. I, if he plays well, I like this team. I love the running back. I mean, was a Michigan guy transferred out there. I kept him on my, one of my fantasy teams. He was my keeper. Cause I just think he's going to have a great year again. You know, you guys talked about, you brought in the, the transfer from Duke, uh, the wide receiver, had 74 catches last year. Offensive line brings three guys back. Defense did hit the transfer portal pretty hard. They gave up just way too many big plays. Gave up, just couldn't stop anybody. Um, pass defense wasn't good. Couldn't get to the quarterback. The schedule's easy, though. I agree with Matt. Matt said, good chance they go 5-0. and I have that down on the index card, too. I have them going 5-0. and You know, the tough stretch there, again, you um, just kind of go down. You got Utah coming in October 8th. Then you go out to Oregon. Uh, you get a bye. Then you go out to Oregon, which is tough. I still like this team though. If they're, I think they're going to give up points again, but I think they're going to be able to score. They scored a lot last year. I have them. They're favored in nine. I have them getting nine wins. So I have nine and three. I love it. I, I won't argue with you. Yeah, I mean, they should five and zero going into Utah. That's gonna be a huge, huge game, and to get it at home in the Rose Bowl. But unfortunately, it's gonna be fifty thousand Utah fans there, so it's gonna be really interesting to see how they bounce off of that. But uh, that USC game also, November nineteenth, could determine the South if Utah falters. All right, let's head to the number two team, and uh, let's go to the Oklahoma. Oh, wait, 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 the USC Trojans. Uh, I mean, let's just call them the Oklahoma Sooners. They got Lincoln Riley. They got Caleb Williams. I'm sure they brought in some more guys from there. I, I think they actually brought in a wide receiver. Um, Mario Williams, I think. Came correct, in. Mario Williams. This team is like the red carpet of college football this year. They got all the lights on. They got all the, the glam, the swag, everything. I mean, Riley's – he basically has rebuilt this team with transfer. Travis Dodd. Jordan Addison from Pitt. They are loaded offensively. Uh, I mean, the question is, can they all be a cohesive unit? The Rivers over under is nine and a half. I have these guys at nine and three. I would actually lean the under. I don't think they're going to win as many games as we think. They went four and eight last year. That's a five-win improvement. All the pressure's on Riley. I mean, this is as big as if – if his plan works with these transfers, you're going to see even more people transfer than going to schools. It's crazy. They do have a really good O-line. They have a really good O-line and they threat Nealon who's going to anchor their line. And don't get me wrong. This team potentially could go undefeated, but the team above them, I think, is still better. So we'll get to them next. J.K., what do you got on USC? And, and just so you guys know, I am not a USC fan, but I'm going to give them some love. Nine and three for the Trojans. It's really tough to see because Lincoln Riley is an excellent coach, but, you know, 
USC kind of has that Texas thing going on here, right? Like even when they have a four and eight team last year, that wasn't a four and eight team last year. Look at it on paper. Like the recruiting ratings are insane compared to the rest of the conference outside of maybe Oregon. Um, all talented, no dog in them, right? So it's, the one thing you have here, Oklahoma, when Riley was there, they ran the football. They, you know, they had an identity. Even though they threw up a lot of passing yards, their quarterbacks ran the ball. Now, he's got the guy to do that, Caleb Williams, but is his line going to make that transition from an air raid, which basically is all draws and everything like that, to actually pulling and, like, running some power and things that he likes to do that really sets up all the plays here. I mean, they love play action. It's not a straight drop back kind of team. You know, everything comes off the running game with him. So it's interesting to see that transition, number one, because you're like you said, talent's there. They're going to put up points, even by accident. You know, as long as Caleb Williams doesn't play like it's Kansas, he's fine. Um, the defense is more of a question mark. The offensive defensive line looks pretty good. The back unit, a little bit suspect. Obviously, there's been a ton of transfers in and out. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they all kind of blend together. But I don't think they're really going to come together as a defense. Riley never really got his defense right the whole time he was at Oklahoma even though that was really the Achilles heel the whole time he was there. Um, I, I think 93 sounds perfect, to be honest with you. Uh, the Notre Dame game at the end of the year, I actually expect them to win that. Um, I don't think Notre Dame is as good of a place as they've been in recent years. UCLA game is going to be big late. But you look at the schedule, it's kind of nicely spread out between tough games and like cupcakes in between. Um, even in the non-conference, you know, they kind of open with Rice, then they get Stanford right away, but then they go to Fresno, which is going to be – a rematch game and that's a school that's kind of given them some trouble over the years so it'll be interesting to see how they respond in that game and then at Oregon State is a total trap game love to see it I'll definitely have the Beavers plus points in that game but yeah I just I everyone's a little too enamored with them we got to see these guys play up to the recruiting pedigree and that's been a problem for them for like at least five or six years now I'm just going to go right into the schedule because you guys kind of covered the team overall. You know, you got the great quarterback, you got the wide receivers, the defense has not been good and they couldn't stop the run. They gave up too many big plays. Now they have their favorite in nine games Four, I'm looking here. I think one, four out of six there is at home to start the year. Yeah, I you know, that Oregon State game, I have it down. That's September 24th at Oregon State. If they get that one, they're probably one, two, three, four, ready to go, maybe five, six, six and oh, heading into October 15th at Utah. So I like this team. Now, could it go bad? It could. I mean, there's already rumors that Addison now didn't get everything that they said he got. Now if he's not getting the ball, does he kind of flip out a little bit and go, why did I leave Pitt? Why didn't I go to Texas? Why didn't I go here? That could happen. Could this blow up? Like Matt said, it doesn't mesh well. It could. This team could be really good, but the defense scares me a little bit. I think some high scoring games, I think their offense is going to put a ton of points on if they're clicking defense might give up, you know, last year, UCLA put a thumping on them. So that's a big one at the end of the year, you know, a little revenge factor in there. Tough stretch there at the end. Like Jason said, you know, you're at UCLA. You got Notre Dame. I don't know. I got to dive a little bit more in Notre Dame. Head scratcher there with Notre Dame. I have this team. I have them 10-2. and two. I could be wrong on this team. I have them 10-2, and two, though. All right. I'm not going to go back and uh, question you guys on things. Let's go to the top team on my board. 
that's the Utah Utes. Uh, as good as Lincoln Riley is as a coach, I think Kyle Winningham is the best coach out in the Pac-12, and I'm, I'm not even sure it's close. Ten and four last year, one of the best bowl games ever against Ohio State. Man, what a what a light up, light up the scoreboard show that was. Their Rivers over under is nine. This is my best bet on the board. Give me the over. I actually think this team gets to 10 wins. 11 is not out of the question. Tavion Thomas, the running back, might score 25 touchdowns on the ground this year. They have the best O-line, the best D-line in the conference. And what J. Cam said earlier, they basically are in the top 60 in every category. I mean, top 15 here, top six here. They're just – they're loaded across the board. And a lot of people don't realize a lot of their kids are older. They're uh, – a lot of these Samoan kids are 23, 24, a little tougher. I love this team. Cameron Rising at quarterback is a potential dark horse Heisman play. If you want to take a look at it, I'm not sure what his odds are. I'd have to say it's probably in the 50-to-1 type range. Love the running back. Their wide receivers are good. Solomon Enos is a really good player. Dalton Kincaid at tight end is really good. And, man, their defense is just stacked. They did lose some players. They lost uh, Lloyd, the linebacker. But they're going to rebuild, and they're super, super deep. Uh, they have 14 returning starters. Give me the Utes all year. I might take a flyer on them to actually win the national championship, too, and see what kind of odds I can get on that. J.K., what do you got on the Utes? Yeah, like you said, uh, all their units are ranked. I mean, they're, they're almost the top of the list in the Pac-12. And then everything's almost top 20 outside of wide receiver. So, I mean, that's a little bit better. UCLA's ranked in everything, but Utah's top 20 in every position, you know, which is something usually you see out of an SEC school. It really comes down to with rising, whether that was real or uh, Memorax last year. Because, I mean, something had to make the coaches think that they should have went with Brewer early, and it really kind of uh, hurt their season because they were terrible in those games. And then once rising took over the reins, they took off. And uh, I give them credit. They went toe-to-toe with Ohio State in the game. They were shorthanded, and I don't think a lot of people know that. They were playing, like, running backs into the secondary, and obviously it looked like it. Um, but, you know, they didn't have their full squad going up in that game, and they were going toe-to-toe with the Buckeyes, which that's pretty impressive stuff, uh, considering they're probably the second-best team in the nation this year with a lot of those guys returning. Yeah, I mean, that's really the question for me, is it is rising for real? Because that's really the only thing that can hold them back. They're solid everywhere. Um, maybe a little bit at linebacker. There's some questions because they brought in the kid from Florida. They're a little shorthanded there. But the way their scheme works, it's all defensive line and secondary anyway. Um, yeah, I just I think it's a really good unit. I think a really good team. At Florida is a tough game the way to start. Uh, I think it's good. They're catching them at the beginning of the uh, the new era there. Uh, hopefully the, the heat won't be a problem, but the humidity might be, but it's a deep team. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, San Diego state third game of the year. Aztecs were always a little tricky. Aztecs beat them last year, even though they got out gained. So that's probably where they can stub their toe, but you look at the non-conference or they look at the conference schedule, you know, you go to Arizona state, you go to UCLA and to Oregon, that's three top road games. So, you know, I don't know if a perfect season's in order, but I think this is the best team in the pac 12, at least the most solid team. I think USC probably has a little more upside if the defense comes together because I think the skill talent on offense is far better in L.A. But overall, you know Utah's is going to be rock solid throughout. And uh, like I said, 10-2, and 11-1 season easily. Yeah, I like this team. This is my, my favorite team too, Maddie. I think it's a team that they just punch you in the mouth. They pound the ball. I, you know, the quarterback again, I think that's – you guys made good points there. Jason really hit on it there. You know, that's could be the question mark. Great numbers last year, 20 touchdowns, five picks. But everything you hear, he's just a leader, and the team really follows him. 
I like him. The running back's a star. Wide receivers are coming back deep. Offensive line's deep. They're going to pound the ball. They're going to punch in the mouth. I love it. And a lot of these teams in the Pac-12, they don't want to get punched in the mouth. So that's why Utah is always successful, in my opinion, in this thing. Defense should be good. Brought in some transfers in there. Again, key game. I have two down. Florida the first week. Now, again, Jason said conditions could be a little warm down there. Can that happen? But I think you're getting, I don't think Florida is going to be there this year. I, I think the coach is recruiting okay right now, but I don't think they're there. I think Utah goes in there and wins week one. They're at Oregon. That's a big game, but they really, man, they punched Oregon twice last year. I think it was, yeah, in the championship game, right? They got them real bad too in that regular game. Regular season so, too. Yeah, in regular season too. So they're favored in 12. I just like this team. A lot of people in the, you know, listening to some people, they have them. Matt also getting in the national championship game, maybe. So especially the final four. I like this team. I would do the over. I think this team goes at least. I like him at 11 and one. I'm All right, the Love before this. we sign off, I'm going to ask two questions. Who, uh, first one, who wins the South? It's got to be Utah. I like Utah. Yeah. Clean sweep on Utah. And then the second question, part B, does the Pac-12 finally get a team into the final four? I'll tell you what, if USC or Utah could get to the final four, USC because they have the buzz, and if they can ride that buzz, they're going to have that nice win at the end of the season against UCLA. They're going to have a nice win against Notre Dame. Everyone's going to see that. They're going to have a Pac-12 game again against probably Oregon. That's a lot of wins. That's going to stack up. It's going to make a lot of good quality wins on TV for everyone to see. Utah has enough buzz this year. I don't know. The Florida win is going to be tricky because I don't think Florida is going to be worth that much at the end of the season. So I think USC has a better shot, but I think Utah can do it, but they have to go perfect. Smitty? I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Jason made great points there. I think if Utah goes undefeated, I think they're going to be okay. I agree with the USC just because of the name of the head coach, some of the key players out there. You got the best wide receiver last year from Pitt that's out there. You got the quarterback that had a lot of buzz at Oklahoma out there. I just think if they can do good things, they could get a team in. So I, I hope it's Utah, though. Yeah, JKM, perfect summation. I love that you said USC can get in with the one – one loss potentially. I don't know if Utah can with the one loss, depending Oregon, on where it is. Oregon can if they beat Georgia and not just win, but beat Georgia and then run the table too. But that's that would be a really surprising scenario. Perfect. Great stuff, boys. All right, everybody listen. Check us out on Spotify. We are at Notebook Wagering. Check us out on Twitter. Same thing, at Notebook Wagering. We have Jake at Notebook Wagering, Jkim at Smitty Bucks, and I am at If You Follow Matt. Any questions, hit us up. Please write to us. Feel free. Ask us anything. Heck, ask Smitty what he's doing down there on the betting deck with his crown and scepter at. <laughs> Get some, hey, if you want a T-shirt, too, let us know. We got some T-shirts. Uh, people are loving them, and uh, we got some hats coming out, man. We got some merchandise. Support us. We're doing a great job, and – Two big winners again in golf today, so I love it. Will Z, great job, and John Rom, way to get top five. I love it. Great job, boys. Great show. Uh, again, check us out, and uh, like we always say, bang your bookies, everybody.
Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.